The Ugly Baby Brother of the MCU, released the same year as the groundbreaking Iron Man, and with a far more recognizable character, The Incredible Hulk neither lasted due to nostalgia, nor did it do gangbusters at its release. Its $265 million box office poll is the lowest of all the MCU movies, even lower than those released during a pandemic. It never had the MCU feel, despite being one of the two movies meant to kick off this bigger universe. It wasn't funny, it wasn't glamorous, its stakes were low. It was a glorified spy thriller, a genius with a curse on the run from the government. MCU canon rarely brings up The Incredible Hulk. A throwaway line in The Avengers was the only connection, the only true proof that it was part of the series until She-Hulk was released earlier this year. 14 years later. There are die-hard MCU fans who weren't even alive when Edward Norton played the Hulk. And when we rank MCU movies, the only time it isn't dead last is when people forget about it. So what went wrong? The big bad was a little cheesy, the dialogue was lacking, not even quality, just the existence of it. And it tried a little too hard to be cool while avoiding being a comic book movie. That last point is the biggest because it's the very reason that it took so long for Marvel characters to be widely beloved. Producers were scared to make it fun. It had to be cool. But you gotta have a few misses before you get a hit, right? We're talking about The Incredible Hulk. This is The Wrong Opinion with Jake Clark. This is my sister Maisie. Say hey, Maisie. Hello. Hello. I thought it would be fun to pick somebody who wasn't. She. She. You don't remember the Incredible Hulk coming out, right? You were I've four never years seen old. it until You've today. Never seen it until today. So that'd be that'd be fun because she's a huge MCU fan. This is one of the earliest MCU movies, but she didn't even know it existed, and that's kind of the the point of like my whole thesis here, why it wasn't that loved. What What do you think of the movie? I didn't love it. I didn't think it was as awful until looking back at some things. I was like, yeah, that was not good. I, I thought that a lot. I definitely like did not like how much it, they didn't have much dialogue. And I did not like the CGI at all. Yeah, the CGI aged badly. That's, That's why Iron Man terrible. was cool. That's why Iron Man was cool because it wasn't very heavy on the CGI. They made like a actual suit for him to wear. And there's a couple of points where you can see it's kind of lame. But then The Incredible Hulk, they just totally backtrack. It's like, oh, all CGI now. But it's a Marvel movie, and we love all Marvel movies. Daredevil, one of the greatest movies of all time. One of the worst Marvel movies of all time. Marvel movies just rank totally different from all movies. Right, Maisie? True. It's true. You're the guest. Do you want to pick the first award to give out? Let's do the cheesiest fight. Ooh, cheesiest fight scene. What do you think the cheesiest fight scene was? Uh, definitely Hulk and Abomination's fight in the, in New York City. Because for a movie that was definitely lacking in dialogue, that fight scene had way too much one-liners that could have just been completely taken out. Yeah, and they had the classic, like, bad guy voice. He's like, oh, yeah. is that all you got? That was super cheesy. Do you remember? terrible. You saw Justice League, right? Yeah. Yeah, do you remember the bad guy in that, Steppenwolf? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like they even like what nine years later they didn't realize having some super overpowered big bulky bad guy who's all CGI. It's not cool. It's super lame. It's not good. Yeah, it was like the OG 
CGI fight scene in the MCU where it's like just all CGI, no people, no good dialogue, and it sucked. Like the buildup of him turning into Abomination, it was like two minutes. It was super rushed. Yeah, it was really bad. And the little smile that Stern had when he got the thing in his brain, that was lame. He was like, oh, look at that. I'm going to be a bad guy now. And then we never see him again 14 years later. Uh, the only redeemable quality of it was when Ban- Banner's whole part of it was kind of cool when he was in the helicopter. Uh, first of yeah. all, when he was arguing, like his argument to Ross to let him fight, and Ross is like, yeah, I effed this up. I got to, you got to fix it for me. The guy I've been chasing, come save my ass. And then when he realized the antidote was still in his system after he jumped out of the helicopter, and he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to turn into the Hulk. And then he blasts out. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but overall, cheesy. Probably the cheesiest fight scene in all the MCU. I thought it was weird, though, when he, like, fell into the ground and he went super far down, but he was still, like, his human form. I thought it was weird that he, like, broke, like, miles of gravel. Yeah, the same thing happened. The same thing happened when he was in the... Uh, fighting at the school and he was in that little glass building and he smacked his hand on and it shattered it but he still had yeah. the human hand like you're not strong yet buddy and then when he clapped out the fire do you remember that yeah yeah i don't know if i thought that was super cool or super lame looking back it was probably lame but when i saw it like yesterday when i watched it i was like that was kind of cool i like that but- i thought it was funny because i saw that after i watched she hulk in that one episode where they were clapping at each other yeah. And so I didn't get in She-Hulk that that was like a little thing. Yeah, you see, there's a couple references in She-Hulk. Yeah. And you probably got them after watching it the other day. You did cheesiest. I'm gonna do the best fight scene. The first, the first fight that they had when they broke into where Banner was living, that was pretty cool because that was kind of like spy run around, yeah, shoot much pillows. It was way more like spy runny than action. And the first Hulk out when he first turns into the Hulk, that was pretty spooky. Like, yeah. we want to see it, we hear his heart racing, and we're excited for it, and then it slows down, and we're like, come on, let me see the freaking Hulk, I'm sick of Banner. And then it's all darkness, and then boom, Hulk, he's, like, hidden in the shadows, he's, like, chasing the little bullies that are that are messing with them, and goes after the ones, the, guy, the guys that set him off. And when Ross screams, that is the target, I thought that was cool, too. That definitely was a problem. I liked how, like, you couldn't see, like, the very first fight with Hulk, like, you hardly even saw him until the very very end yeah and it made it more scary spooky and then the fight scene at the school that was a big highlight of this movie like when i think of this movie that's probably what i think of like we saw hulk earlier but it was in the darkness and the shadows it's the first time we ever see him like out and in the light yeah it's kind of like a metaphor because that's the first time the public knows of the hulk like people are taking camera phones and seeing him yeah a couple years later he's you know one of the avengers and it's cool that was a nice little like our first time seeing in the light Public's first time seeing him ever. Symbolism. All right, next award for Maisie Grace Clark. Funniest moment for a movie that was not funny at all. It was not funny. This is the Taika Waititi Award for funniest moment, the least funny MCU movie. I mean, it was not funny at all. I'd say probably the funniest part was when he was looking for clothes to transition into, and he held pants up against a fat lady and was like, do you have any stretch here? I think that's that was funny. Funny moment in the entire movie. That was funny. Uh, what I write for funniest moment, the Taika guy, Takakati. Uh, the you won't like me when I'm hungry. I don't know if you got that reference because you like you're younger, but like the original Hulk, like the TV show Hulk from the 70s and the comics, that was always his phrase. You won't like me when I'm angry. Oh, uh, 
and they never have said it in the MCU still, even with uh, Mark Ruffalo. So that's that's actually something like a missed opportunity for the MCU is that they just haven't really used that. The one time they do is when it's a joke in the first crappy movie. And uh, let's see, when he says all this stuff they can track us with, she's like, my lip gloss, they can use that to track us. Like, not the lip gloss. You, you can keep the lip gloss. Pretty much just the phone and the credit cards. That was funny. That was funny. That was funny. All right, I'm going to pick the Hawkeye Award for the most unexpectedly inspiring moment. Um, a very it was a very MCU worthy line. It sounds very Tony Starky, something he would say. But I've always been more curious than cautious. That that uh, yeah. was mildly inspiring. Uh, but then the last shot when he finally learns to control his anger. Because we know at this point the universe is about to get bigger, it's about to expand, and he's gonna be a, become like a bona fide superhero. So that left us on a really good note, and uh, it was all inspiring. He learned to control his demons, and because uh, earlier he said all he could do is maybe aim it at abomination, but now he's learning yeah. to control the Hulk. What do you got for most unexpectedly inspiring moments? Um, in the um when they were in the helicopter right before he jumps down and he. Was like we we all created this you know it was like not only him putting blame on the general but also himself even though he didn't really have much to blame himself for yeah like that was like he's owning up his stuff that's what superheroes do right it's my sure. mistake i gotta fix it any other inspiring awards this is really it. it's not a funny movie it's not an inspiring movie it's got a couple cool action scenes and that's it that's it yeah what else? What's your next uh, award? Uh, most frust- most frustrating McGuff- MacGuffin. To Very tough say that. word to say, apparently. Most frustrating um, MacGuffin. There you go. I'd say um, when it was um, when the abomination was made and then he like ran away and he was hitting Mr. Blue and then Mr. Blue's laying on the ground and he gets blood on him and his face gets deformed and he smiles. I expected him to turn into a bad guy, but you never see him again in the rest of the movie. Yeah, this is coming. I'm stealing this from useless, useless trivia, but in the comics, that's Samuel Stern. He becomes the leader. He's got a big green head, and that's something that we never see. That was a uh, bit of a MacGuffin. Really, the whole like Mr. Blue, Mr. Green conversations, like the whole relationship itself, it's a bit of a MacGuffin. Just a, a lame way to get him to New York and create the abomination and get to the fight that we've been waiting for. Yeah, um, the fight that was very disappointing and sucked. But they also had the classic flash drive MacGuffin. Anytime there's a flash drive in a superhero movie, it's probably MacGuffin. She says, uh, "What's her name? Betty Ross." She says, "It's holding our data." It's and then the equally equally classic, equally lame. Oh, I've got the flash drive. People are coming. Better swallow it. Swallow it. Yeah, that's like okay. You just hide it. Put it any other orifice. Honestly, I'd rather put something on my butt than swallow it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay thanks for agreeing <laughs> all right i am going to pick a knit we're gonna do pick a knit knit pickery i hate this trope there's two tropes in here that i really hate number one when a helicopter crashes everybody dies except the two characters that we care about yeah like all the random soldiers die but betty ross doesn't die and uh general ross doesn't die everybody else dead that's how that works it's not how that works in real life. Just ask. Kobe be Bryant. Is that all I got? That's a terrible joke. No, I have another one. I was waiting for you to laugh at my horrible joke that I'll probably 
Kobe Bryant. He died in a helicopter crash. Oh, if it were a movie, okay. he would have survived because we cared about him. Huh, there you go. Now there And then another <laughs> another lame trope uh, when he's hitchhiking home from uh, Columbia or whatever. And he says, where, or the, the driver says, where are you going? And Hulk says, home. It's like, That's dude, mine. I need an address. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where you're going. It just reminded me of like a rom-com movie where they're like getting in the taxi and the taxi guy is like, where are you going? She's like, home. She like stares out the window. Yeah, no, lame. Uh, Another, Betty, Liv Tyler is so good as an actress. But in this movie, all she ever does is just scream and then sometimes cry. Like she's just not being used well. Um, And those are my nits. Really the Tony Stark appearance at the end that didn't make any sense either. Like he wasn't even an Avenger at this point. Ross yeah. was never part of it. It was just weird. What nits do you have? Um, well, I had the moment where he says, where are you going? And blah, blah, blah. And then I also just thought the whole, like, especially when you said it was a MacGuffin, it, like, made it even worse. Like, the whole relationship in between Mr. Blue and Mr. Green, like, I felt like it was dumb for him to try and reach out just because, like, he had learned to control it. Or controls anger relatively, so just kind of live with it. He's fine. It's better yeah. than getting caught by the government. Yeah, because that's how they ended up. They they caught him because of the blood thing, but they ended up tracing him back to New York because of his relationship with Stark. Right. But like he, they totally could have been a trap. Like Ross could have hired you know some scientists to figure it out and then talk to him. Plus, using fake names, he didn't know background tech. Yeah. Background check on on Stern makes zero sense to me. That's a great net. I didn't even think of that one. Uh, it is whose turn? Your turn. My turn. Inexplic- inexplicably didn't help save the world. Mm, I didn't have I didn't have a good one for this. What'd you have? I didn't have a great one either. I just had that Betty basically did nothing except for slightly calm Hulk down at times. Yeah, I when they have like like she had like she was a huge scientist and she did absolutely nothing sciencey. Yeah, her character in this was wasted, I think. Yeah. All across the board. Great actress, wasted. Great character, wasted. Well, I've got Yuri. Because he was looking for superheroes. He obviously has access to what Ross knows about, um, as far as the Hulk goes, and as far as the super soldier serum goes. Um, Because Stark mentions that, that he knows that Ross was dealing with the super soldier stuff. So Fury should have been looking for Banner as well, like way before 2012. And then once there was two superhero mutant freaks fighting in in Harlem you think the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be like hey I gotta get on that considering he's chasing superheroes right he's been chasing yeah. superheroes apparently since the 90s this is his first hit it's like oh I'll just leave it they can duke it out I agree alright let's do the Eternals award for could this have been a limited series I think in 2022 it definitely would have been and would have sucked way less. Like the first episode would have ended with him hulking out for the first time. It would have mm-hmm. been like a like a run and chase type show, like a little spy show, kind of like Falcon Winter Soldier. Like Falcon and Winter Soldier, I don't think would have been a very good movie. It was a pretty good TV show. I think this would have been a way better limited series for six episodes. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell just because like... I definitely agree, like, if it was made now, it'd be different. But I think that, like, it was a good introduction movie. And if they had made more Hulk movies, like Iron Man, I'd, yeah, I, I like, put no, but I kind of am on the fence for 
if they, series or not. If they actually made this movie good and then made a series about it, it could have been something. Or if they made it way more MCU-y, like funnier than it would have yeah. been. But just the, like, if taking how they did it, I think it makes way more sense as a limited series than as a movie. Yeah, I agree. Cool beans. Seems like I got the right opinion. <laughs> All right, next we have, uh, what do we have? We got the I Am Iron Man Award, the Ragnarok Award, Answers to Questions, mm-hmm. You Don't Need to Ask, Poorly Aged CGI, and Exposition Scenes. Poor CGI. I'll pick that one. Poorly Aged CGI. Poorly Aged CGI. Definitely, this is a very obvious one. Definitely Hulk and Abomination. Just like the eye, like the very first thing I wrote was the transition eyes, like when his eyes turn green. I was like, yeah. But like everything about them, like when like you see Hulk's foot, I was like, that does not look like a real foot. <laughs> yeah, no, not good. I wrote Abomination was an abomination. <laughs> uh, it was also weird seeing a Hulk that looked nothing like Banner, because like for the last few years, like they like since Avengers, uh, uh, Ruffalo was doing. The, uh, the motion capture like had mm-hmm. dots on his face for the Hulk and like the base face around him so it looked yeah. like him. This one looked nothing like Edward Norton. It really did. It's like two yeah. different characters. So that was that was kind of weird. Um, and then in Stern's lab, his body rejecting the cure when he had like bones sticking out and oh green bump bump bump. It was yeah. like hideous. If things look unrealistic and they also look gross, that's just a bad combo with CGI. Yeah. Not a great that was a great era for CGI. It Between, really was. Uh, the Phantom Menace up until Avatar. Everybody's like, hey, we can do new stuff. It's like, hey, our technology isn't good enough yet. Yeah. Have you seen have you seen the mummy movies? No. Oh. The sec second one? The, the the Scorpion King, the one with Dwayne Johnson. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen photos of that. <laughs> yeah, it is not good. <laughs> it looks like a video game character next to a bunch of regular humans. Yeah. Okay, it is my turn. Answers to questions that don't need to be asked. I have two. First of all, I'll do a serious one and then a really stupid one. Uh, first question, why doesn't Ross take the serum instead of giving it to Blonsky? I think he's a huge weenie. because We've never heard anything about seeing him in actual action at any point. He's never like mentioned his, his fighting credentials or that he was a good soldier or anything. He's basically a politician with like a concealed carry permit. And <laughs> that's about it. Pretty much. Um, like he was present during the fight scene but he's pretty far away um see so yeah, i think he's just a big old weenie that's why i didn't take the serum and then second question second answer so we know that banner pre-endgame can't have sex professor hulk when they merge the brain and the body is he a gentle lover i think definitely yes what do you think i think definitely yes but he's got a find someone that's a little average, larger than average. Yeah, he's got to find a big lady. Yeah. I love how serious your face was when you answered that question, too. It was like, you know what? I'm going to put some thought into this answer. Yes. Also having quotes, Hulk will return. Did they have like that? Like how MCU movies, like, that, like most MCU movies will have, like, Thor will return, blah, blah, blah. They never had that, so I added it for them. Oh, well, there you go. I don't okay. know. Unanswered question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, you are up. <laughs> um, best and worst of the exposition scene. I didn't have a best. I just had a worst. 
I really hated the lack of dialogue in the whole exposition scene. I feel like like sometimes if you have a good beginning of a movie or like introducing characters, you can do it well without dialogue. Yeah. And I think they did not do it well this time. Yeah, like Iron Man, it's such a good exposition exposition scene. We talked about that last week with BJ. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't love that this whole first scene was just an origin story. Like this kind of set a precedent for not having origin stories because like we already know Hulk, so why are you wasting time talking about a story? Uh, but what I would have done, I wrote this down. I would have started with Banner going through his day. So that was basically the second scene. Just start there. Practicing yoga, going to the factory, being regular, you know, man on the run. And then in the next scene, have Ross talking to some like Hulk busting board, like trying to get finances to you know get bigger guns or whatever explaining why the Hulk is dangerous and you got to show a clip either like as a flashback in Ross's head or like a like a like a security camera clip and that would just explain that would be a way better exposition scene than some crappy like just cut 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 scene with you know the campy 2000s music yeah a good flashback never goes wrong yes and then Blonsky's introduction kind of sucked like he just there wasn't really any character development for him he just kind of came in it's like hey this guy's a big warrior so yeah that was even an exposition scene that was just there was a lack of an exposition scene honestly and that sucked yeah he was just one of the fighters until he wasn't yes all right i am picking the age of ultron award for this was way cooler after seeing the next five movies uh the mention of the super soldier serum it meant nothing to the average viewer until three years later with captain america so that was really cool trying to like they, they explained this in this movie, kind of, and then touch again on it in Avengers. But Banner trying to recreate Captain America is what created the Hulk. And we wouldn't have cared about that until we saw Captain America, at least for the average viewer. And uh, I don't know if you caught this, but um, Peter Parker's teacher, skinning out with the glasses, he was like a lab assistant or something at the university. Did oh, you catch really? that? Yeah. I did not catch that. He was the guy that had the pizza that uh, Banner bribed with. He gave him pizza to, to let him oh. in give him a little nod remember that yeah i do remember that all right what do you got for age of ultron award um i just had like like asses he like in this first movie he talks all the time about how he has no control over like himself as hulk and then yeah. at the end of the movie like you see him start to control himself more and that's definitely a lot better after you watch the other movies where he can like control himself and like actually carry on a conversation as hulk and then mm-hmm. even like post endgame where he's merged himself with Bruce Banner or whatever he did like that I think that's like also like just character development that yeah. goes really well after you watch the next 15 years of MCU yeah especially the scene in Avengers when he says that's my secret captain I'm always angry like that's like oh I got like chills thinking about <laughs> I'm so freaking lame that I get chills just quoting superhero movies but yeah that, that aged pretty well um, yeah. Speaking of aging pretty well, oh no, this is your this is your pick. What do you got? Uh, cinematic peak. The Ragnarok Award. Ragnarok there are not a lot of peaks Award. here. Not really. There's a lot of valleys. Who do you got? Yeah. Um, it's basically the same thing as what I just said. That Banner peaks at the end of the movie, and he just keeps getting better. And the rest of the movies where you see Hulk. I think Hulk definitely does not peak. Like you said at the end, but I don't think he peaks throughout the movie. Yeah, um, no, It's no. a boring Banner and a cheesy Hulk. They try to make Edward Norton too cool, but like Banner's supposed to be kind of a dork. 
Yeah. Um, and then outside of him, only Ross and Blonsky came back. Um, he Blonsky probably peaks here because we see him more. Uh, we'll, we'll see him more in Shield, so he, he might have another peak coming soon. And then Ross has a few more good moments, but he probably gets the award by default here. You also get to see, like, because I think later in the movie, he's a little bit better of a guy later in the series. Um, that's why he gets promoted and everything. He ends up at Tony Stark's funeral. But in this yeah. one, like, he's a straight-up bad guy. And he's, he's really good at it. I love Lenny Hart. But my answer is Bruce Banner's love life. I never really shipped Bruce Banner and Black Widow. What about you? I, I shipped them, but I think the problem was the two characters did not have chemistry at all. Yeah, no. Plus, I think it was like a nice, a nice thought, but they just didn't have any chemistry. Yeah. Plus, Mark Ruffalo was like what twenty years older almost, so that yeah. just made it a little awkward. And he is way uglier. I think it was also just kind of forced. Yeah, and then like you, it just like you walk into the MCU and they're already like a couple, but you didn't get to see that develop. Yeah, they just like smashed it in in, in Age of Ultron, and then they like touch on it again and in Ragnarok for a second and get an end game, but it's never developed. Yeah. It's never, they just kind of gave up on it. I think honestly, and I am going to pick what age is the best and worst, uh, the best, not having, having an origin story for characters. We've already seen in movies that set a really good precedent. So I like that. And what age is the worst? It was easily the least funny MCU movie. Like that's something that we just don't see in MCU movies anymore. That's not funny. What do you got? Um, for worst, I had the CGI. It was definitely like of that time period. It was probably it was pretty bad, even compared to some other really bad ones. But even like for the rest of the MCU, it just was pretty bad. Even for it being an older movie, they yeah. could have done better. And then the best. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah. What age is the best? Yeah. It's- I don't have anything for that. <laughs> you don't have anything. <laughs> That's pretty telling. Um, and then another thing I, that ages the worst. I don't know if ages the worst. It, it just ages kind of funny watching back. But when Blonsky is like confused when Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk. That wouldn't happen in the current state of the MCU when there's superheroes like everywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? Like now it's like, oh, he's a superhero. Yeah, I just saw one, you know, at dinner last night. There's superheroes yeah. everywhere. That's kind of like in Miss Marvel. Like, they weren't really surprised that this random teenager is a superhero. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, there's a superhero here versus what is going on. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got, what, just one last one? The best single line. Oh, we got two last ones. What's your best single line? Um, Just, it was Banner. When the guy's like, what was that? Where's Banner? He's like, it was Banner. That was good. I didn't put that down, but that was a really good line. I had Hulk smash when he was fighting uh, Abomination. That was a terrible fight, but I thought him saying like, when Hulk screamed at himself, Hulk smash! I thought that was good timing. And that's a classic Hulk line, of course. I didn't love its placement, but it was also like classic, so. Yeah, I think that's the wrong opinion, so. And I'm right, because this is my, my podcast. And all of our two listeners agree with me. Missed opportunities. Uh, MCU, long-term wise, the fact that we never see Liv Tyler again. She's a way better love interest than, uh, than Natasha. Um, and she's an okay. awesome actress. And she could have had like a, like a Natalie Portman-like resurgence, I think, 
way later. And then another missed opportunity is that we've never seen Stern as a leader. Um, his brain grew. He's got a bunch of banners of blood, like, in the in his little lab. But we just never yeah. – that was, like, the first MCU missed opportunity. What do you got? I also had that – it was, like, it's the same as my MacGuffin, that, like, you see him get powers or whatever he was getting. And you like even as someone who didn't know that he was a character in the comic books, I knew that he should have been something more than what he was. Yeah. Ending with nothing. Yes. Yeah. You know, you got a uh, Marvel Unlimited subscription for graduation. That's true. You got to start reading more comic books. I do. You do. Now it is time for useless trivia. So, a couple trivia bits. The director wanted Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo, to play the Hulk, even in 2008, and Marvel insisted on Norton, but Edward Norton wasn't brought back because he was so rough to work with. He's always been notorious for that. He, like, rewrote scenes on the fly, like, constantly, and just argued with the, with the, with the writers and the directors, so he was, he was out. Um, when she brought him the purple pants, that's a classic comic book callback. He was always wearing classic. purple pants. Classic callback. Uh, this was a very small trivia bit, but at the college, after the fight, uh, two guys named Jack McGee and Jim Wilson were interviewed. McGee was a reporter who tracked the Hulk in the 1970s series, and Jim Wilson was a comic book character who was friends with the Hulk. He's also Falcon's nephew, Sam Wilson's nephew. Interesting. And then, uh, I don't, you might not have caught this, but anybody else who had been, you know, older people have caught this. Uh, but Lou Ferrigno, that one's pretty obvious. He played the old Hulk in the 70s show. Like, they had some small guy playing Banner, and then they'd paint Ferrigno uh, green, and then he would uh, play the Hulk. You watch, you've oh. seen King of Queens, right? Yeah. You know Lou Ferrigno, the neighbor? The, the tall guy? The jack guy. He's got a funny voice. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but another cameo, the pizza shop owner, who was friends with Betty and, and uh, Bruce, he voiced mm-hmm. Spider-Man in the 1960s series. Interesting. Did yeah. not know that. Uh, and then a couple last ones. Abomination stabs Hulk in the chest with his elbow pointer thingy. I don't even know what that was. And you can see that scar in Ragnarok on his chest. Ah. At the end of the movie, Bruce's mail is addressed to David B. David Banner. That was his character's name in the show. I don't know ah. why they changed it from the comic book name, but they changed it to David in the show, in the 70s show. That's, that's interesting. interesting. It's weird that they changed it. That is weird. You got any useless trivia? I know that's kind of my my forte. Yeah, I have one. You got one. I have one. Um, the guy who was poisoned from the soda bottle that had Bruce Banner's blood is Stan Lee, the creator of Hulk. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of other Marvel things. He's a little bit uh, he's a little bit famous at this point. A little bit. A little bit. Good old Stanley cameo. I think it was, it's most Marvel movies, but it's every single MCU movie until Endgame that he made an appearance in. And this was the second. I think Endgame was the last one. Oh, no, Infinity War is the last one. No, Endgame was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. After he died, they had a little like tribute thing in, in Captain Marvel, but then Endgame was the last one where he said, hey, man, make love, not war. And then we'll do some extra notes, just any random thoughts you had. Before we get to the final, most most important two, um, my the biggest reason I think this movie sucked. They had this idea. I, I think they this is like a like a brain pattern of people who write crappy movies, but they 
thought like we want to show you that our writers are really well educated that was that kind of screenplay versus like i'm gonna to try to make this fun do you know yeah. does that make sense like I i'm gonna try to write big words and have this be convoluted instead of like let's make this enjoyable just trying way too hard and edward norton's a huge part of that oh the one good bit that i thought was kind of cool when blonsky was looking at um first of all timothy roth is really good in this movie we should give it up for timothy roth him and William Hurt, two great bad guys in this movie, in a terrible movie. Yes. But he played, um, William Hurt was Ross and then Tim Ross. Mm-hmm. Or Tim Ross. Yeah. Okay. Um, when he was going through Banner stuff and they have a, a picture, you know, of, of Betty, he's like, what is that, like a girlfriend or something? He's kind of like throwing that away. And then Ross looks like, looks at it. It's like, oh, yes, it was. Uh, another random note I had while watching this, random thought. Uh, Norton was a pretty good Banner. Just like the actor of Edward Norton was a pretty good comic book Bruce Banner. But the old Hulk movie had the same issue. They tried to make it like some kind of like psychological drama where half of what Edward Norton was doing is just like making like oh, turn faces and like, oh no, being angry versus like having some kind of emotion other than those two, or, like being a regular human. They're, mm-hmm. they're just trying to keep it from being a comic book movie. They're trying to make it too cool and that's that's never a good thing. And uh, totally forgot Ty Burrell. That's his name, right? Modern Family Guy? Yes. Yes, he's in this. You got any notes for me? Any random thoughts? I have two. Have First two. of all, I thought that, um, like, I thought it was, I feel like, because Hulk is supposed to get, like, Hulk when he's angry, but I felt like a lot of the time it was just when his heart rate got up, which, I mean, that's what, I think that's what the point of the movie was, like, instead, I don't know. I just felt like he's supposed to be angry, and that's what makes him Hulk, but in the movie, like, he's running a lot, his heart rate gets up, and then he turns into Hulk. Yep, that's what sets him off. It's it's heart rate getting too high, and I, I think actually originally this is fun in the comic books. It was like at night he was like a werewolf who would turn into the Hulk. Also originally he was gray, but on the second issue they the printer messed up, so made him come out green, and they just stuck with it. So he could have been a gray Hulk. Um, yeah, it's it's his stress levels are too high. His heart rate's going too fast. Anytime he's too emotion filled. What was your second? Gotcha. So as well, um, I just loved Phil Dumpty or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, her her boyfriend. I also thought it was sad because she like runs away with Hulk. Then and we never see him again. She runs. Yeah, she runs away with Bruce Banner, and he's like defending her, and he's like, she's gonna help him. Like that's what she's gonna do. And then she doesn't like. I'm leaving you. She just leaves him. Yeah, we never see him again after that scene. Although we do have to hate him a little bit because he's the one that turned in Bruce Banner in the first place. That was another throwaway line, but yeah. Um, Also, this I just came in my head. I totally forgot that that scene with Tony Stark wasn't a post-credit scene. Like, I always (laughs) think it is. Every time I watch it, it's like, oh, we're already here. It definitely feels like a post-credit scene. Yeah, it seemed like a very natural ending for it to be like, oh, my eyes are green and I control my uh, the Hulk and then it's over and then credits and then post-credit scene. So just yeah. kind of a, another reason this movie sucks. True. But we love it because it is Marvel. Any other thoughts? That's all I got. All right. The question of the day. Can you skip it in your MCU rewatch? If, if, I, if we were doing this a month ago, I would say yes, you can. But now that She-Hulk is out, I'd say no, you cannot. Okay. It does help you kind of like fill in some gaps with the shield i i think yeah. that's a fair answer actually 
Um, I think if you, I, I've got this idea that there's only like maybe forty percent of the movies that you really need to watch. If you're like, yeah. like if you're dating somebody and uh, Avengers Five is coming out in two months, and you're like, I just got to get you caught up real quick. You're not gonna go through every single movie. You're gonna pick right. some of them. I don't think you need to pick this one at all. We know the character enough already. Like every random person has has known the Hulk for fifty years. That's one of those characters. Whereas Iron Man, he's like a B level character, but everybody's always known the Hulk. Um, we don't need an introductory origin story. And then Avengers, it introduces him fine enough. Yeah. Like, in, in I just feel like, like as someone who like knows Marvel a lot and like doesn't really have that many questions about like characters in the movie, definitely did not need to see it. Except for now that I'm watching She-Hulk, I do. Yeah, it's a nice one to watch so you can get those references especially but it's not even on disney plus so people already skip it accidentally <laughs> like when we when we went through the series with our grandma we didn't even show her that one probably right. mostly because it would have been too scary for her to have that's true so i am saying yes you can skip it but if you're watching she hulk maybe maybe take a take a gander now where does it rank i've got four levels was it pantheon no, no. was it awesome no, no. Do we dig it? No. Is it skippable? What do you think? I'd say it's in between dig it and skippable. It's like the high end of skippable, low end of dig it. Yeah. I think there are very few skippable movies in the MCU. Like, not as in, like, I'm trying to catch up and skip it, but, like, I don't even want to watch this right now. There's probably two movies on the bottom of the totem pole. One comes out in 2013. We'll talk about that in a few weeks, but this is one of them. Again, I said this at the top, but when people talk about the worst MCU movies, the only time people don't say this one is when they forget that it's part of the MCU. That's how bad it is. Noren's way too reliant on thoughtful faces and uh, faces and hard eyes. Um, I said this to Dad, I think, yesterday when we were we were chatting for our, our weekly Sunday chats. Um, Normally, when you have a screenplay, it's roughly the same amount of minutes as pages. That's kind of how you figure out how long it's going to be. It's how many pages. Yeah. That's about a minute. The pages on the screenplay, it's probably like, it's probably like 70 pages to 120 minute screenplay or yeah. 120-minute movie. Like, just not enough dialogue, not enough talking. I thought it was lame. I agree. But we're going to end on a high note. What was your favorite part of the movie? <laughs> um... Probably the fight scene, um, like right outside the college. That was cool. That I, that's again when you think of this movie, positively, <laughs> that's what you think of is that little fight right there, right? Yeah. Maisie, thanks for coming. Thanks again to uh, probably mom and dad for listening, and probably it. Maybe just mom. Probably just mom. Dad, dad will pretend to listen. On yeah. One more. All right. <laughs> Peace out, homie. Peace I will out. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Thanks again for listening to The Wrong Opinion MCU Rewatch. Next week we'll be back with Iron Man 2, talking about the second straight MCU dud. As always, you can check out my writing at strtartfacts.com. That's S-T-A-R-T-E, facts.com. Thank you very much. Peace out.